I'm running the race. I gotta pick up the pace. They throwing shade, but I'm gone. You gotta keep it up to my face. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Roz Project, the show where you will learn how to thrive and grow in every aspect of life and business using real, raw, and 100% no bullshit proven tactics. My name is Ivan Temelkov, and I'm your host today on the podcast. I am joined by Mr. Brandon Elliott. What's going on, man? Ivan, what's happening, brother? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you for having me on. How's your Absolutely. day been? Absolutely, dude, man. You've had an exciting day right before we had record. We're chatting about having some wins, so congratulations, man. Anything that happens on a Friday that, that's a win is a win. It's a good yeah. way to set the, the weekend, right? To set the tone, to set the experience. Um, I want to first, before we jump into a combo with you, just do a quick intro about who you are so listeners and viewers can understand a little bit more about you. So top 100 in finance of 2020, Brandon is a leading authority in real estate and credit experience and proven results utilizing credit to invest in real estate and implement the Burr strategy. Okay, that is a catchy name. Uh, Brandon owns several thriving businesses and that includes real estate, credit repair, trade lines, Walmart uh, automation, uh, stores, private mentorships that include high profile students like former NFL player Dean Rogers, Terry Thayer, and Nick Perry. And I know there's a little bit more to your story here, but I'm going to save that for you to share um, with the rest of the listeners. But uh, let's, before we get into all the business stuff, man, because you've done a lot of shit, you know, let's go back and, you know, let's talk a little bit about your story. You know, how did you get into, you know, what you're doing today? Because, I mean, you didn't wake up one day and had all this <laughs> stuff happening, right? So, Paint the picture where you've been, what you've seen. Yeah, man. So I, I grew up, uh, I grew up a screw up uh, in many different ways and just misguided at the end of the day. That's what it comes down to, you know, lack of education. And, mm -hmm. and uh, anyway, grew up in New Jersey by a single parent mother. She's uh, diagnosed as manic depressive bipolar. So that's kind of the, the little hex that was over our family for a while. But uh, such a, a beast of a mother, like really put up with three misfits, uh, you know, that, that drove her crazy, but she did everything yep. in her power to, to raise us as best as she could. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we grew up, uh, I'm the middle child, have two sisters, younger and older, different fathers, all of us. Uh, I met my father when I was 18 in court so he could stop paying child support. Um, so I never really had that, that male father figure, but, okay. um, the, the main like cause in and hurt in our family growing up was mm -hmm. usually always around like money. Right. It yeah. was like, you know, the stress of, cause we lived off of section eight and like the government, you know, yeah. and like churches and schools giving out handouts to help us get by. Right. So so the, the constant stress was like, hey, are we going to have enough for rent this month or like utilities getting turned off? And um, right. so at a young age, I was like, hey, I need to start. I need to start working. I need to start making some money so I can people in the neighborhood. They're buying quads mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like I wanted to keep up. And um, so I started working. I started looking for a job at age 12 uh, or age nine. I finally got my first job at age 12. Wow. And um yeah. And, and yeah, quickly after that, I ended up uh, in eighth grade, ended up getting introduced to smoking weed um, yeah. and, uh, and fell Peer in love pressure, with that. Huh? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, you know, older, pretty girls, my best friend, you know, I was like heartbroken that he was doing it because we were all, you know, growing up against drugs. I grew up in my family, you know, having drugs in the house. So um, was very against it, but the influence behind it really quickly changed. So, so once I finally had that like release of like, Hey, I like this. It was like the one time I got to relax and like um, not worry and just laugh you know, laugh a bunch. I was like, Hey, I want to keep doing this, but I knew if I was going to, I had to be the person within my group that like sold it. Yeah. (laughs) You wanted to be in control. You wanted to have some involvement. Absolutely. I just wanted to smoke for free. So I didn't have to pay for it. Cause (laughs) I knew, I knew I couldn't afford it. You know, this is just a straight up, you know? Right. Right. Um, So that snowballed out of control over time. And because I grew up poor, not used to having money, so every time I would sell something, make money, I would just take it back to my dealer and like, here, what can I get? And he'd give me more and more and more. Yeah. And after I did that for like six months to a year, I'm walking around with like 10 pounds and I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's just, uh, I'm like coming home with like a trash bag full and like my mom's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's just one of those crazy, crazy things. But Right, right. Man, it, you know, it, it led me into doing some crazy stuff out here. I had an explosion yeah. in my house making hash oil. I, I burnt 40% of my body. I had to learn how to walk again because they put me into a coma. I was bedridden for three weeks. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, it was wild. So, you know, what's really that. crazy as you were talking about, you know, when you got your first job and get into weed selling also. <laughs> is that, you know, there was something there that I think is important. First of all, you're talking about things that most people are afraid to talk about in their childhood. They're afraid to talk about it because they're afraid of being judged. Um, I've, I've been in similar situations where uh, being afraid of judgment also. And I thought, what the fuck is wrong with me, man? Like, why am I so different? Why am I having these experiences? So when you were talking about like, when you started selling weed as you saw it as a way to exhilarate, man, you were making money. You thought it was a, it was a way to live a life when you were smoking, you're like carefree. Right. And when you're young, it's at such an age. I mean, you were growing up in such a you know poor household too, that you felt like this was an exit for you. This was a way, you know, to view the world in a different way. And then, you know, not having a fatherly figure though, man, like that must've been rough because I think that's how a lot of kids, you know, end up on the fence, right? You know, end up in prisons, end up, you know, incarcerated, whatever, right? Because they didn't have that fatherly figure. So how was that for you? I mean, how, how did you cope with that aspect of it? I'm curious. Yeah, not having the father figure or just even male influence, the, the males that were in my life, it was people dating my mom that, you know, I yeah. was the only son. So they, they were trying to win me over quickly, promising the world and never delivering. Um, I, I felt like that shaped me into very an old school mentality of like, like, like your word is so, so crucial. So yeah. I'm, I'm very, if I say something, I'm going to do it one way or the other, um, yeah. you know, or like I'll, I'll man up to it and apologize. Right. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of these guys I noticed didn't do that type of stuff, but you know, I really didn't think, I didn't know, uh, like having, having a father yeah. figure would be important. My mom handled she wore the pants. She, she played both roles and she did yep. as, as best as she could. So I really didn't notice how much I needed it until like I was older, like dealing yep. with certain problems that like, you know, men and women think very opposite in certain, in certain things, you know, right. guys are very problem solvers, like, 
and women like to, uh, to, to a certain degree, uh, talk, talk it out and, and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So it, it's, it's odd, but I didn't, I wasn't stressing out too much about it or realized the importance of it until I was older. Well, I think you, you kind of built that backbone. It sounds like, you know, like after you experienced, like you said, I mean, all these guys that were coming around were more interested of just dating your mom. And like, you learn at a very young age, what's the meaning of your word that your word is gold. I mean, especially in this digital age that we live in now and social media that like, just face it, man. Like people have a hard, people have a hard time believing a good thing if you hit them with a 10 foot pole, literally (laughs) they just do. So like, your that's word true. is bond. That's important. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's how old school business was done is, you know, you spit on the hand, shook your hand and said, all right, we're fucking doing business. We're going to do this shit. All right. You don't have any paper. You don't have anything. You just had your word face to face, looked each other in the eyes and said, all right, we're going to fucking do this. So that's really important because most kids, you know, never learned that at such a young age. And you did because you were an observant. You yeah. saw it, you experienced it. I'm sure in part, in part it was traumatic because you're growing up and you're like, man, like, where's my life going, right? Yeah. Oh, at some point, like, where the fuck is my life going, right? What am I going to end up doing, right? And so when you got to 18 years old, you got to see your dad, what kind of a mentality? I mean, you're 18 years old, you know, you're an adult, you know, at that point, like, what, what were you thinking at that point? Like, did you know what you wanted to do with your life or... Man, I was all over the place. Honestly, I really wanted to become, I loved cooking. I loved, uh, like I grew up in working in restaurants at a young age. So I enjoyed like the feeling of cooking something, creating something amazing. And then like the, the faces of uh, people enjoying it. So I thought I wanted to do that until everybody at the restaurants that I worked at, like talked me out of it because they hated their life, you know? (laughs) And, um, so it really just like, I, I wasn't trying to become a drug dealer, but yeah. it turned into that. And I ended up developing very good, like communication skills, body yeah. language, business skills, really. And, and it snowballed out of control. So I, I really wanted to just almost be like an investor of taking the money that I was earning in the bad things and hopefully get some kind of guidance to put it into restaurants because that's all I knew you know yeah there's um oh my god I was trying to google it actually um it's a quote by Jim Rohn I believe actually that uh, goes along the lines I believe it's Jim Rohn um the formal education will help you earn a living real education will help you build a fortune and so when we're talking about like you know, you turn into a drug dealer, man, which honestly, that is a fucking job in itself. That, that is a career for some people and you didn't know any better. But the reality of thing of things is that there were fundamentals there that are applicable, not only in business, but in life. It's like you said, you learn about communication, you learn about negotiation. You learn about the importance of because look, when you're dealing with drugs, man, and you tell somebody you bring in their fucking weed and you don't bring it, shit's going <laughs> to blow up. All right. (laughs) Like it just, it just will. So I think it's even more intricate in that aspect. And you were exposed to this at an early age. So you took these fundamentals, right? These essentials, which, you know, very awkward fucking scenario in business. And then, so what did you do with, with those fundamentals? Like, how did you apply them later on in life? Yeah. So the, the first spot that I realized 
and this is like later on down down the road um before i had my explosion here in san diego uh and, and really blew everything up i always had yeah. one foot in one foot out because i was just a workaholic like bring in yeah. some money and um and I was working for Kirby vacuum cleaners. It's like a, a sales <laughs> position, door-to-door sales. Remember and those. Dude, I, I was, I, I realized quickly, like I was good at door-to-door sales because I'm from New Jersey. Uh, the the right. mentality of like, you know, like screw you or, you know, whatever, right. like, like getting shut down at a door, that's not going to stop me. I, I could care less. Um you know, if it, there's a no soliciting sign on the door, that's not going to stop me, you know? Right. Um, so, so basically I, I was good at that. And, uh, and then just dealing uh, and learning those development skills over the years growing up, I, I was good at selling, you know? Yeah. So they gave, they gave me a product, they gave me a script on how to present it. I presented it and, uh, and it, I did very well quickly. So that's, that's where kind of, I first noticed like, holy cow, like now that I have guidance, yeah. that's more on the right side somewhat. Like um, right. I can really almost sharpen up what I've been going down, I guess, that path. You know, man, Kirby vacuums are a fucking bitch to sell. I'll tell you <laughs> that. I mean, I remember it might it's have like been- like $3,500 or something crazy. They are. That's just it. I remember, <laughs> I think it was maybe in high school, like 17 or 18 years. It might've been like my junior or senior year. Like, of course, I'm a kid who, you know, barely graduated high school. So I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. And, you know, I was approached to sell Kirby. I'm looking at this thing I'm like, yeah, it looks amazing, but I know how to sell the fucking thing, you know, and that was in part largely because was overthinking it. But to sure. you, it came natural because I think you you had people's skills, you had communication skills and you knew how to apply them, which in reality as they say, you know, you can sell a hundred dollar lollipop to a woman in a red dress if you have communication skills, if yeah. you know how to create appeal. Right. So it's just the principle of that. So you learn these skills, which was, again, in a very awkward scenario, how to sell, how to communicate. I want to segue more into because there's a couple of things on here that I really wanted to, to talk about. So one thing that you mentioned about is that is that you had two felonies and you were on house arrest for blowing yourself up in an explosion in 2012 from masking hash oil. Let's talk about this. Like how the fuck did this happen? (laughs) So once I left New Jersey, I left New Jersey because I was in a bad relationship. Um, We were just bad for each other. And my name was blowing up in a negative way. I've had guns to my head, knives to my throat, uh, friends, friends of mine murdered, um, uh, people in jail, like crazy stuff. So, yeah. and the cops knew about me. So um, I was like, before I had best friends rob my house for a bunch of money. Like it was just yeah. not good atmosphere. Yeah. So I got out of there. I came, I visited a friend out here, fell in love with it two months later. Um, I'm here in, in San Diego and, um, and I didn't know any better. So I was growing, I was growing marijuana in my house, in my apartment. Yeah. Pacific beach, um, (laughs) crazy stuff, man. And, um, and yeah, I, I was like one foot in one foot out. I didn't know I had my card that like legally I was allowed to grow. I was allowed to smoke, but, uh, before and after products, I was allowed to have the whole making it was an issue. So they charged, you know, I had an explosion in my house, all the windows went out, um, I was just cocky, right? Like I always got away with a lot of crazy stuff. So, um, that day, 
Like I, I truly believe like God was protecting me because I had gloves on like baseball gloves. I never even played baseball, but I put gloves on that day, um, which saved my hands. Like I got skin graft up to like my wrist. I think so, man. The, the, uh, not to abruptly interject, but when you said, I think so, you know, I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason. I think you 100%. wore those gloves on that day for a specific reason because shit was coming. You know what? God was testing you because of, you know what? You got too egocentric. Which yep. ego is great in business. Don't get me wrong. But when you get really egocentric and it's it's overly confident, right? Yeah. When you when you get too cocky, like you said. Yeah. And I know successful people who are cocky, but this is like the cocky where you feel like self-entitlement almost, right? That you feel like you can do anything. You know, you're 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 bulletproof. That's when you realize that you're not bulletproof, right? Yeah. I just, I got away with so much that I was and like skin mm-hmm. close to so many situations. And with my personality type, like um, if I would have just got an arrest or a little slap on the wrist, it wouldn't have changed my life. Yeah. And, and I felt the depression. I felt the misguidance. Like I knew I wanted something bigger, but I didn't know where to go. So yeah. like God really needed to do something. He need I needed to have an explosion in my life <laughs> and, and that's what happened. So I was on fire clothes burn off my body. Um, I burnt 40% of my body. I got skin graft on my arms and legs and, um, they put me into a a coma induced coma for a week, three surgeries later, three or like three or four weeks later, I ended up, um, leaving, uh, the hospital. I had to learn Mm -hmm. how to walk again. And then a couple weeks after that, uh, my house got raided again and they, they arrested me for those charges finally. Um, so, so let me ask you this, okay? Because yeah. this, I'm a sucker for this, man. Is most people when they hit rock bottom? Because let's face it, you get arrested, you get in a felony. You're like, you're like, all right, they, they caught me with my pants down at this point, right? Yeah, or What's, naked, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like you, you're fuck. You're like fuck. I'm I'm ground yeah. zero, man. Like I got nowhere to run. So as you're going through this, you know, most most people you know, start to play the victim mindset and they're like, Oh, I should have known better and blah, blah, blah. And all this, what was going through your mind? How did you, how did you emerge from that situation? Like mentally, like, uh, did you tell yourself, okay, I, I, you know, I need to change my life. What was going through your mind? Yeah, man. Um, honestly, right when the explosion happened and I yeah. jumped up, I was on fire. I knew all the windows were out. I had my neighbors screaming and my house you know, filling up with smoke and my dogs just like sitting there, like, what the fuck? You know, yeah. I, I realized I'm going to jail and I was like, fuck, like, I yeah. was just like, dang, th- this is crazy. So as I'm in the hospital and no charges are getting pressed on me yet, but yeah. I knew they're coming and I just naturally felt so bad for everybody else that was involved. That was like, like helping yeah. me out, like nurses and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I'm such a piece of shit for like, uh, putting myself in this situation. And then like, you know, other people near me having to deal with it. Um, even it's their job, but it's still like, fuck, like I really screwed this up. You know, there's one thing, this is probably one of the hardest things I've learned in life and in business is that when you start to realize that losing is actually a way to grow, that's when, so the fact that you were able to experience this and you went through this experience, 
which was traumatic. And at the same time, it was all your fault. You knew oh, it. Yeah. Right. 100%. <laughs> and you started to take accountability. That was, I think what happened is this, yeah. you said, you know, this is my doing. I did this, right. I have to take responsibility. You stood up to it. Most people run from it. Most oh, people yeah. will run from it and say, you know, try to wash their hands and see how they come back on top again. But you took responsibility. And taking responsibility for your actions, especially your terrible choices, is how you actually grow. So you knew, I mean, you felt bad for, you know, the nurses and the doctors that helped you. But after that, what happened after that? How did you emerge from that? How did you, because you got into real estate, you got into credit, making money, uh, you know, the pandemic last year and really thriving and growing. But if you think back, like what, what helped you like escape from that, from that situation? Well, while I was in the hospital and I like woke up from the, the coma and, uh, and I was realizing like, shit, like something needs to give. Yeah. Um, I, I started reading and I like never, I think at that time I probably, I was like 24 or 25 and it, I like, I probably, I was a little bit younger than that, maybe 22, but um, Mm -hmm. I probably only read maybe like four books in my life at that time. Okay. Yeah. So I started diving into education and, um, and then I I previously worked for a real estate investment company here locally Mm -hmm. Um, while I was like doing Kirby, I got recruited over there and um I saw the systems in place. So I didn't get that much education, but I got a hell of a lot of motivation. And afterwards, that was kind of the path I started deep diving into. I was on house arrest later on, um, you know, and that, that gave me a lot of time, gave me a lot of time at the house to uh, stay focused. (laughs) I was going to say, I mean, when you're house arrest is like, I think, you know, most people are like, Oh, I'm fucked. And then here's you are like, okay, this is a massive opportunity to transform my life. And that's what you did, right? Yeah. You started to invest more in yourself, reading, yep. educating yourself, you know, making connections, talking to people, which kind of leads me to, you know, there's a couple of important things I actually wanted to talk with you about. So I know one of the things on your bio mentions that you've done private mentorship to some high profile students and former NFL players. So let's talk about that. Like how did, how did all that happen? Right. Like how did that all come together? Yeah. So I, I wanted to get, I realized I was falling in love with real estate. The more education and books I read Mm -hmm. on real estate on, you know, all the different ways to make money in it. I was like falling in love. I wanted to learn more and more. And that was different for me. And it was very gravitating. So, um, but I was working like restaurants, like I I found myself in debt from the explosion. I paid that off in one year. And then afterwards I started stacking up money, but it was like 35 K that I saved up within two years. It doesn't go that far in real estate. So, um, so I ended up leveraging uh, my credit. I I was educating myself on credit as well at the time. And I figured out how I could basically use my credit cards to purchase properties and complete my remodels. Yeah. And uh, over time, just diving into that education, you know, and um, and really trial and error, making a lot of mistakes. uh, I started showing other people. Well, people were like asking me, like, hey, how the hell are you doing real estate 3000 miles away? Because yeah. a lot of our property started over in Ohio and, um, and I was showing them like, Hey, it's, it's not that hard. Like it's systems, you know? And 
Right. And they, everybody acknowledges real estate's amazing, but they all put it on the pedestal. Like, well, once I get successful in this area and have enough money to, then I'll invest in real estate. And that, that just wasn't the case for me. So I utilized credit and yeah. I started showing other people, Hey, you can do the same exact thing if you just get your credit right. And that's yeah. kind of how it snowballed. You know, um, it's interesting you mentioned credit because I wanted to touch upon that. I think a lot of Americans especially don't realize how intricate credit is, whether it's a credit card or just your credit right. score, really. Yeah. And in essence, you know how, you know, from 500 credit score to 700 credit score, those 200 points can give you some massive, some massive buying power. And if you get them uh, buying power, um, so you mentioned something earlier about cash flow and money, which I actually got into an argument with some people because a lot of people is like, oh, well, a lot of money is not going to bring you happiness, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, Jesus. most people don't understand how to utilize credit and money, right? Yeah. They don't because they're so ignorant to it, right? Because of <laughs> what they've perceived in the world. The way you utilize money and credit is for what you want to accomplish. So here's an example. If you buy a bigger house, your dream house, right? You buy your dream house. You need more money for that, right? So you buy your dream house, right? Now that dream house is going to help you create priceless memories with your family. And for me as a father, it's like, you know, buying a dream house. I know that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I need more money to buy that dream house so I can create those experiences and those experiences are going to bring me happiness. So it's all correlated cash flow, buying stuff or materialistic things. And most people just don't fathom that because they think that, oh, more money is not going to fix my relationship. And it's like, well, if your relationship's shitty, you got to work at it. <laughs> you yeah. know, money's not going to fix it. If, if you throw money at it, that's just a wrong comparison. But let's talk more about like, how did you educate yourself on like credit? I mean, you talked about credit cards, but you know, and how did you use that buying power for real estate? Yeah. I feel like I got to touch on that too. Like what you were talking about, because yep. it, dri it drives me crazy when other people say, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. Yeah. I always like to say, well, what is, what is poor buy you? You know, oh, like it doesn't yeah. buy you a damn thing. And, yeah. uh, and it feels pretty damn good when you can afford to bless other people and yeah. give back, make yeah. a difference, you know? So it, it's really crazy. Uh, just that mindset behind that, but credit overall, um, man, it, it's literally changed my life. Like real estate has been the blessing that changed my life, but without credit, I wouldn't have been able to do as much or scale as much right. as I have. Right. Um, right. So how I, so we talked about credit and, and, and real, and real estate. Cause I know there's a lot of people, especially now with this real estate boom, you know, sure. that a lot of people are trying to get into it. But I think one thing you mentioned earlier that I think has been very successful for you is that through a crash and burn, you created these processes and, and checks and balances that have really helped you really, I mean, through resources probably too, and connecting with other people as oh, well, yeah. but being able to, you know, create checks and balances systems, right. That have helped you reach profitability and make money and being able to, to get things, reinvest more into, into real, real estate. So is that what kind of brought you into like, you know, private mentorship and all of that and, because uh, I know you also do Walmart automation was one of the things yeah. that you mentioned. So uh, can you talk a little bit about that, like how the mentorship came about? Yeah, so it, it came about just from people wanting to know and like they wanted to jump into real estate as well. So I was like, hey, I can show you what I've done. 
Like, yeah. I don't know if it's going to work for you, but I can show you and I'll give you the time at the time I had more available time. So it, it worked out. And, uh, and I was just doing it for free in the beginning. And until there was enough people that they were getting results and also taking mm-hmm. up too much of my time, <laughs> yeah. then, then, uh, <laughs> you know, the results spoke for themselves. I, I taught, uh, somebody, one of my first students they got, and he's still with me today. Uh, I think it's like going on his fourth year of mentorship, uh, yearly. Yeah. And, um, and right when he started with me three weeks later, he got his first, uh, property under contract and I walked him through the whole process. You know, he didn't have to raise any money, utilize credit, like the whole nine. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a blessing. So over time I had way too many people, like it, it was just word of mouth of, um, of coaching. And it, it became overwhelming because I had 10, eight to 10, um, zoom calls per day. People are asking the same, like, question. So I finally took a pause and I was like, Hey, I got to turn this into a course. I I did one month of just recording videos. And then I turned it more into a mastermind group. And, uh, we've helped out hundreds of people at, at the moment, thousands of people, uh, nationwide, which is awesome. And, uh, and yeah, it's just been ridiculous amounts of breakthroughs. So we look at credit as like a four-step process. It's like educate, Mm -hmm. fix, build, and then leverage. I like the build part and the leverage, but sure. a lot of people need to start off with the education and uh, and fixing, truthfully. Sure. You know, one thing as you were kind of describing of how you've built it up is, you know, I think there's a couple of things that are essential is that I think in the beginning, you had created enough awareness around yourself and what you were doing, you know, through social media, through word of mouth, you know, however, basically by showing things that you cared about, you know, your interests, which was yeah. real estate and credit. Uh, at the time to the to the to the point that you created so much awareness that people started asking you about this they were like they were starting to take interest and that's so you were creating appeal through awareness and when you were creating that appeal that's when people started reaching out to you and then before you knew it I think that's so powerful you know be, and I'm a huge fan of that too is this that if there's something that you're passionate about you know that you yeah. feel is your purpose that you're calling is you know, figure out a way how to create massive exposure around it. In fact, recently, I just talked about what is your brand, you know, so tell people, you know, who you are, what you do, what value you have to offer. And that's what you did with yeah. real estate and, and credit. And you told it how it was, which I absolutely love because, you know, real estate is one of those, one of those things that I feel like when you get to a certain level, some people get the wrong impression, you know, like, oh, well, this person is already doing six figures a month or whatever. You know, it's like they're not reachable. But it's like you realize that they started from zero, just like oh, how yeah. you're starting. Yeah. Like people really under, you know, don't appreciate yeah. that, you know. So um, so you you created this mastermind group, this course, you know, now teaching thousands of people nationwide, basically how to leverage credit to get into the real estate game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And really like a a lot of my following is real estate investors. However, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just the everyday entrepreneur, you know, if you want to better your life, if your mindset is in the right position and you've, you've worked out that crap in the past, because we all have to go through mindset first, I I truly believe. But afterwards, um, when you're ready to start growing and like really get the credit right, be able to build up several six figures or even seven figures in funding, and then you have some ideas of like where to put it to work, then, you know, it's, it's really a good fit. 
And, um, and a majority of those people end up being real estate investors. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I love, you know, the entire story of how you started out. I love that, you know, it's a, almost like a right. Well, it is a rags to riches story. Not almost it's a rags to riches story because, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I start off with asking about everyone's story, because as you said, what does poor get you? I mean, if rich, that doesn't make you happy. What does poor get you? What well, doesn't get you shit? You yeah. know, in fact, it buries you in debt. It buries you in stress and anxiety and depression and suicide. You know, yeah. that's literally what, what it does. But you, and I'm so happy for you for everything that, that you've done and where you've gotten to, because a lot of people don't make it, man, because they give up, you know? They give up. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm too driven to like, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm very stubborn. That's just what it comes down to. And I get it from okay. my mom. Well, that's so, a good thing to be stubborn. That means that I think you stand by. I mean, stubbornness can, you know, have multiple meanings. One of them is that you stand firmly by what you believe in. So you're yeah. so stubborn, and, but in essence, it's also commitment and dedication. So it kind that's of cross pollinates exactly a little bit, right? And even now, I mean, you've been what in real estate and credit doing all this for what, at least five years now, maybe it's been six years for real estate and then credit. I surprisingly, um, I actually, I didn't realize at the time, but it, it was like 10 years ago. Um, and I was doing it. I ended up getting robbed for, uh, some drug stuff and I ended yeah. up doing a little credit hacking. I didn't even realize at the time to get back on my feet. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, as we kind of come to the tail end of the episode, a couple other things actually that I wanted to ask you, because I know, you know, real estate and, and credit, you know, those are yeah. your two passions, obviously. But, you know, what advice would you have for people, especially when it comes to, you know, credit and the way they can uh, leverage credit for real estate and getting into real estate? Like, what are some things that if you were to rewind, you know, six to 10 years ago, like oh, yeah. what mistakes did you learn most from that you would advise people not to go through? Man, that's such a good question. It, it really comes down to how the lenders and, and banks are really judging us. Like, understand that um, there, there's six boxes that make up our FICO. So once you actually deep dive into that, you can easily get the education platform um, on like Credit Karma. Yeah. Uh, it's not, I wouldn't recommend it for the, the fight. It's not a FICO. It's a, um, vantage right. score. So it's not accurate, but, right. um, good education on there, needless to say. And, you know, once you start thinking like the banks and actually like do what they do to us, flip the script of borrowing the money from the banks, just like they borrow money from us and give 0% interest or very close to it. Um, right. and then put it to work in other assets, then that's, that's what I would highly start like encouraging the listeners to, to start preparing their minds for, because man, there's ridiculous amounts of opportunity out there. There's a ridiculous amounts of funds and there's no shortage or lack on that. So if you have some awesome ideas and, uh, and willing to take the risk and, and like take action, then that's where you're going to see the results. You know, it's so interesting you said that because principally it's, it doesn't matter what you do in business or in life is, you know, that, that mental commitment that you just said, okay. I mean, if you mentally commit to wanting to real estate and leveraging credit and finding funds and why get into real estate? Cause I think there's also a lot of people that get into real estate just for pure money reasons, you know, but yeah, wrong reasons. Yep. Yeah. 
those are the wrong reasons. You got to find the right reasons. You know, if this is something that you truly want to get into to be successful with and how is it going to help your life? How is it going to help, you know, expand your life? Right. Cause I think with real estate, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, a lot of people don't understand when you get into real estate, it's about hopes and dreams, right? Cause you're buying property, you're buying or selling or remodeling property that people are going to live in, right. To, yeah. to make memories. So when you realize that, Oh shit, this is more than just real estate and making money and you really truly invest into it, which principally again is anything that you do in life and business. Right. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation, man. I mean, you, you, you mentioned so much. I, I love your story again. Congratulations. I mean, literally from rags to riches, but before we sign off, Throw out some links, some handles, emails, whatever you can think of, people that can connect with you online if they want to learn more about real estate and credit or just, you know, connect with you for a conversation. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, when it, when it comes down to, you know, any type of real estate education or even credit, we give out uh, on our podcast weekly every Monday for Ready, actually right here, yeah, Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing right? Podcast. Um, otherwise, if, if anybody wanted to reach out to me, uh, on Instagram, you can do so it's Brandon Elliott investments, um, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott investor. And, uh, if you guys needed any like credit repair done for you services, that would be credit repair mobile.com. Um, otherwise if you're looking to get truly educated on, on credit, like in the mastermind group and so forth, um, learn how to be able to fix and build up huge lines of credit and put it to work then uh, creditcounselelite.com is, is where you would okay. uh, find that. Awesome, man. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Uh, lots of good info, amazing conversation. And uh, uh, here's to uh, the second part of 2021. And uh, hopefully it's going to be an even better year than it has been for you thus far. Yeah, man. Hey, Ivan, I appreciate you so much. Uh, nothing but respect for you. I love your energy and keep doing your thing, man. Cheers. I appreciate it. Yeah, they tryna me, I'm running the race. I gotta pick up the pace. They throwing shade, but I'm gone. You gotta keep it up, to my face. Taking that gang out of space. Especially if you stay in your place. They hate me on all of my songs. I don't know what can I say. They throwing shots, but I'm saved by his grace. God is the shit, I'm the lace. Running around.